Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two bands whose names sound similar, but the music sounds different. This week we're talking about John Blind Mellencamp. I am Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. I think that was a stronger intro anyway. Uh, so <laughs> get into that, I see. Our friend Dax is still dead. Still dead, and uh, we comes just, back to life and returns to us as a ghost. You're gonna feel bad when this illness takes him. I know it'll and, be really bad. Well, said. it'll be it'll be a tribute like the album Nico. Okay. Hey, there you go. well done Thank there. You. We'll get to that later. Boy. We'll get that later. Speaking of later, this is later on in the recording because we recorded 18 minutes. No, we didn't. Just a few, no, we didn't. Just a few minutes ago, we, we did reco- not. We did not record 18 minutes. Oh, uh, we didn't. Re- that's right. We 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 mindlessly spoke into microphones <laughs> while nothing happened. Yeah, we didn't. We just did a podcast 18 minutes and uh, did not record. So here we are again, talking but about for the first time for you guys, <laughs> talking about John Cougar. Blind, Blind Melon Camp. John Blind Cougar Melon Camp. <laughs> we are once again here sucking on some chili dogs together. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, the yeah. second time. Outside the Tasty Freeze. I think this is like the fifth chili dog I sucked on tonight. I, we've sucked a lot of chili dogs tonight, I, and we got to stop. We're getting fat. We will not be able so, to keep our cheeks dry if we keep sucking on these <laughs> chili dogs. I, I got to make those connections. I got to. When you're sucking on the chili dog. What do you do? Are you what do you suck the chili off and then suck the dog down? Oh, I'm thinking you and suck the, the dog. You suck the dog out of the chili and you leave out of just the chili. the chili in the bun. That's pretty good. But my thought was, if I oh, can suck okay. the chili off the dog and get it all over my face, then I suck the dog down. The bun is like a napkin uh, to get the chili off, and then oh. I just chow down the bun. That's actually not a bad that, idea. That was my thought. Okay, I'm tune in <laughs> later in. this week. I'll men- we try to actually physically suck chili dogs on YouTube. I'll mention again the podcast Freedom has T-shirts sucking on chili dogs. If you're interested in sucking on chili dogs, feel free to go b- purchase a, a T-shirt. Wear it. Mm-hmm. Support take John picture, Cougar Mellencamp. Take a picture of yourself wearing it and tag us and Freedom and Cougar, Cougar while you're at it. Tell that story. Go ahead. What's his, why is his name Cougar? That's yeah. just his old drinking name from Seymour. Yep. He's in the bar over there, and his buddy's like, Cougar, get on over here. Show him how you can open this bear ball with your teeth. And then he does it, because he's got, I don't know if you know, because I've seen his dental records, he's got very strong teeth. Whoa. Does he? Yeah. Oh my. I can open bottles with my teeth. Can you? I can. I've Bring seen, me a bottle, Cougar. Seen, seen your dental records hey, a while. Might as well hey, call. Cougar, come over here, open this bottle. That's me. You're They're cougar. Calling me. You're cougar. Well, if, now. it hurts so good to open it like that. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, so we should talk about Heartland Rock, mm-hmm. which is the the genre that old cougar finds himself in. He created old cold, old country. So old country, as he says. Well, yeah, because he's a liar. Well, I, I yeah, I, he's a dirty liar. He said that soon after the album Scarecrow. Okay. And I, I also don't know that I believe it. I don't. I don't. I haven't listened to Scarecrow. I've heard uh, songs off oh, of Scarecrow. What, you, what year was that? Eighty three, I think, is what I said earlier. He said in. <laughs> I like that we're just going to keep referring Continue to the references. Old, right? Yeah, things. When that I read earlier, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, uh, eighty five. Sorry, eighty five. Well, that's relatively early, I suppose. Country I'm, hadn't totally shifted to, to junk to where you have to alternate it. Alternate. Alternative. It's not even. It's not considered country. It's considered Heartland Rock. Yeah, but it sounds. There's a lot of country yeah. oh, in yeah. it, though. Well, there's a lot of even, country in Heartland Rock. I well, think. Why, what? What? Why is it not Southern Rock? I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, I don't really know that, that I have a very strong distinction between Southern Rock and Heartland Rock, other so than the location of the artist being in the Heartland. I guess. Where's Petty from? You said he was on a list. Tom Petty is from. I don't believe that anyway. I'm not sure I associate. I don't. I my me personally, I don't associate Tom Petty with Springsteen or Cougar. He's born in Gainesville, Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is from Florida. Flow ride. That's also not. So thus far, we've got two of the probably three top people they've listed being from the East Coast, both way up and way down. Mm-hmm. So only one of them is Heartland. 
The other and uh, examples and from that Seymour. they give. So we get Tom Petty, Bob Seger, Springsteen, and Mellencamp. Where's Seger from? Right. We've got to figure out this. We've got to Bob have... Seger, not Pete Seger. Right. Mind you, Detroit, Michigan. We got. Oh, get... that works. We need to get a map, like like the map on the wall here. We need to start sticking pins where all of the Heartland Rock artists are from. Look, we can we need take to a look. Figure it out. How many of them are actually in the Heartland? It's really only Cougar. It's only Cougar. Because when you look, like I said, you got Jersey. That doesn't count. Nope. That doesn't count at all. No. Diet New York. Diet then you got New York. Gainesville, Florida. Old people? No. Uh-uh. Not doing it. Detroit? Closer. You're, still, you're almost Canada, though. You can see Canada yeah. from Detroit. Yeah. What What falls into the heartland, then? What What would make you happy other than Seymour, Indiana? I'm a, well, <laughs> that, I don't know. That doesn't make me happy, but it fits. <laughs> what you can't see, listeners, is... Tyler slapping the wall where a map is, placing his hand directly in the heartland of the USA. Yeah. It looks to me like Jefferson City and Springfield are the, the dueling capitals of heartland. Mm. I don't Jared, know. I forgot what states, you know, Springfield, Illinois. I don't remember Jefferson City, its locale. Jared, you like to R-O-C-K in the USA with heartland rock music. Uh-huh. What were your thoughts on Mr. Mellencamp? I like uh, Mr. John. He's got a lot of hits. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, two thousand eight. Uh huh. And he, uh, he's interesting. He, I, I kind of uh, think of him similar to Bruce Springsteen a bit, but his, um, I don't find his songwriting as good, and I don't think that his vocal delivery is as unique um, sure. as Springsteen. Well, he doesn't growl. That is true. He does not growl. No growling. He's not. He's not a bear. He's not a bear. And he's not about to die every time he sings a song. Do you find that Bruce is dying? I'm, he's gonna. I'm telling you, I, I'll, I'll reference now because I told you earlier, and I really think it. I've seen him sing "Born to Run" live in like the '90s, and I was pretty sure he was about to. His head was gonna explode. At I any think moment. he will die on stage. Yeah, I think that there of of all the musicians uh, alive today, either Bruce or Willie, Bob Dylan will Willie die Nelson. on. Yeah, Willie's a good chance too. He's well, gonna, it's just gonna, people that will not stop touring. He's going to Tiny Tim all over. He might Tiny Tim. I'm so happy, happy to die on stage. I heard that was his last song. Yeah. I was So I was very surprised to see how many hits that John Mellencamp had when I was looking up information on him. I didn't think that it was as pronounced as Blind Melon, who really have just the one hit. But I thought that it was predominantly Jack and Diane, which they are making a musical about Jack and Diane. Keep your eyes peeled for that, yep. listeners. Poster but, better have a chili dog on it getting sucked. I hope so. What kind of noise do you make when you suck it? I'm sorry. It depends on what part of the chili dog you're sucking. No, you're at. right. I got distracted. Continue with your thought. So I don't. I just. I was surprised to see. I. It's not that I am super surprised because there are songs that obviously make sense. For example, you have Hurt So Good, which we started the show with. And so there are obviously other hits that he had. But the fact that he has amassed 22 top 40 hits in the United States. And a States. lot of them are top 20. Yeah. Like I just looked at and I counted, I think, about 21 of those 22 as within the top 20, yeah. which is really interesting. And they kind of go like not just in the late 70s, but... He had a hit in the mid '90s, a cover of Van Morrison, "All Night," Wild Night. No, it's all Wild Night. Sorry, Wild Night. Yeah, Wild Night. Uh, if you want to play that song, we can go for it. There's no way it's better than the original, though. Can't be. And Nope, it's not. I always thought that those li- lyrics are uh, "Wild Night This Morning." And it's not it. Hmm. Well, that wouldn't make a There's lick a, of sense. I know. There's a bathroom on the right. That's what everyone thought. There's a bathroom on the rise. What's oh. saying? My mother was a child. She told me about it. Your mother was once a child. Yeah, that's alarming. It's, it's really it's weird. Wild night is calling. 
That's what the lyric is. Uh, but I didn't. It's hard to know, like when you're, he, and well, especially a song that. like that where you like uh, you just make up your own lyric. Yeah, you do whatever you want. You can do whatever. He's you got want. that accent. It's real thick. He said "thang" in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard it or not. Thang. That's the real delineator between him and Van Morrison. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like. I don't know if I probably know that song because of Van Nor- Morrison or because of. Melancamp. I don't know that song. You don't. You don't know. I don't know that song by Melancamp. Um, is that a hit? That was one of his hits. Yeah, it was number three in nineteen like ninety five. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a top five hit later on in his career. I mean, he had albums in seventy eight, and the fact that he had a hit that late in his career is it's very interesting. I kind of was that his last hit. Um, or did he have a hit early? Like I, th- I think he last... had a hit the one album after that. Okay, um, he had the yeah. He had a hit uh, on Mr. Happy Go Lucky, mm-hmm. the song Key West Intermezzo, I Saw You First. Okay. Number 14. That's the the last charting hit he had. He also had a song in 2001 off of his album Cutting Heads called Peaceful World that I knew back then, uh, a long time ago, mm-hmm. featuring India RE. That's, that's a pretty good song. I like that song. What about My Sweet Love? I don't know. Is that on the list? I'm just on. I don't know where you looked at these, but I just Googled John Mellencamp hits. Google. Cougar. And I don't know. I only know like five, four or five of these songs. Really? Yeah. Hey, Cougar. Cougar. You I look, feel you like. looking up that hit on the Google. You had to find it. I feel like you would know more songs. Sing a song now. Um, if they were playing, potentially. Well, that's but, what I thought. When he said that, I was like, well, you probably. There's a lot of songs you don't really know is him, and then you think, figure it out. But, he's got a song. Uh, on what record is this on? The Lonesome Jubilee. He's got a song called Rudy Toot Toot. Yep, that uh, he wrote great. for his child. I like the song. Which one? I like the, the name Rudy. Which Toot child? Toot. Which, which child he wrote it for? I don't know which one. Is this? I think it's one of daughter. his one from his three marriages. Yeah, he oh, does. Boy. He's Had moving and grooving through, through the marriages. Well, every, he's got a Seymour wife, a Columbus wife, and a California wife. Huh. Oh, oh, sounds familiar to me. Oh. oh, for those of you who don't know, Seymour is the last exit on 65 South. You can feel safe getting off on until you get to Louisville. So keep that in mind, people out there. Don't stop at Austin. Driving around. Don't stop at Scottsburg. Just keep on heading. Keep on heading. And even that safe. It's Seymour. What do you guys think about the the farm aid thing? That he's been doing over over the did, did he, he head start, that he didn't start yeah that, who started did that didn't we talk he's about one someone? of the founding members of Farm Aid who else did I feel like we've talked is it about Bob Geldof is that who it was or was that Live Aid uh what? concert was organized by Willie Nelson John Mellencamp and Neil Young oh Farm Aid yeah Farm Aid is mm. uh basically they are raising awareness about the loss of family farms and funds to raise like farms and so they have donated. A ton of money, like fifty-three million dollars, to promote like, f- like agriculture and farming, uh, like through their concerts. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's you don't you don't see many. Uh, there's not many artists today that are interested in helping out farmers of all people. True, we are farmers. Do you think they mentioned Farm Aid in King of the Hill? Oh, I hope so. I mean, Willie Nelson's been on there a couple times. Tom Petty's been on there, too. Yes, he has. Has Cougar been on there? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Something that I should have known before Mm -hmm. today. Apparently, the first thing that comes up, Three Gays of the Condo, is a Simpsons episode. Oh, man. Who hasn't been on there? Nobody cares. Stupid Simpsons. The first thing that pops up is Ghost Brothers of Darkland County when you Google it. And it's a musical book by John Mellicamp, Stephen King, and T-Bone Burnett. That makes no sense to wow. me at all. That's two. That's three people that should not really be around each other, I think. I guess John or uh, Stephen King wrote a, the book and John Mellencamp did the music. Interesting. It's a southern goth story. Apparently, an uh, episode of The Simpsons called Three Gays of the Condo features... A Weird Al cover of the song Jack and Diane called Homer and Marge. Got him Let's in there. Let's find that. Got him can in there. Find that? Yeah, find you can find that. Get on it. Disney Plus, everybody, and ooh, ooh. check out that Isn't episode. that weird? Ooh, they have the Simpsons I, on there. I wonder if... Uh, let's see if it comes up. 
Now here's a song I wrote for you. Little ditty about Homer and Marge. Her heart was as big as his stomach was large. <laughs> oh yeah, they say love goes on. Long after the grilled cheese sandwich is gone. <laughs> Beautiful. So that, uh, we'll go ahead and segue that right into my thing. Go for it. I found a bunch of Jack and Diane things here. So let's go I've ahead. I've got one too. Oh, do you? Well, it's just a brief tidbit. Go ahead. Built the Spill has a song, one of their most popular songs on Keep It Like a Secret called You Were Right, mm-hmm. where basically all of the verses say you were right when you said it, and they have like basically big lyrics talking about negative things. So they say, uh, you know, all that glitters isn't gold, for instance, is one of the lines. Uh-huh. And he says, you were right when you said life keeps going long after the thrill of living is gone was part of the lyrics of that song. Does he mention sucking on chili dog? No, because then he would probably say, you were wrong when you said is the chorus, and then he would say, you were wrong when you said you could suck chili dogs. Yeah, but they didn't. Right. That's in the uh, unabridged version of the song. I'll be looking for it. So, But it's interesting because they use a lots of popular songs in rock music to create that those verses, and that, that one really always stood out because it didn't seem like it fit. Right. But there you go. People like him, I guess. People like him, I guess. Jared? This is a song. This is this is a song called Jack and Afro Man by Afro Man. Thank you. I had to pull it up. A little ditty about the Afro Man. <laughs> a Mississippi rapper doing the best he can. Afro gonna be a hip-hop star. Yeah, you do Freestyling in the back of that police car. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Life goes on. What else you got? I I heard that song a long time ago, right? Yeah. Afro Man, most notably known for uh, because Come I got high. And also Crazy Rap, a.k.a. Uh, Colt 45. I thought he was mostly known for coming to Muncie every year. <laughs> I wish he was known for that. Also, any of our uh, non-existent Muncie listeners, Riff Raff is coming to be here now here soon. Yeah, check him out. We saw him a couple years ago, and it was it was something. It was something. Go Not on. Solid. Not the best. Uh, let's do the Not Bronson the one. Bronsolino, Action Bronson, off of his Blue Chips 2 mixtape. You see me in the green velour, facial car keys to door. Then I've order up a feast for four. If you see me in the leather, no one's reaching the floor. Linda flapping in the wind cause of the breezy shore, yeah. Spinal tap, you spitting gynecology rap. Eat your pussy with a plastic bag covering that. Brothers are clap, leave you hover a jack. If there's chicken in the building, no one's smothering that. It's tool I got, we'll loosen up your stool a lot. You think we should play that Dickie Goodman thing? Did sure. you like that? Why not? This is a weird thing uh, by somebody named Dickie Goodman. It's called Hey E.T. We're here in the woods where an extraterrestrial has just been seen. Hey E.T., what are you here for? And what did you do on your own planet? I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. E.T., your neck grows and your chest lights up. How come you look so strange? And how does it feel when your chest lights up? It hurts so good. Uh, one last question. What do extraterrestrials really want here? They want American music. E.T. has just been spotted by a small boy. Elliot, what do you say to a three-foot-high extraterrestrial? Before you take E.T. home, you get the point. It's a whole like the whole song is just referencing other songs within this questionnaire thing. It's weird. It's it's very like um, shock jock, not shock jock, but like uh, uh, what is that thing called? The, like Doctor Demento kind of thing. Alan yeah. Sherman, all yeah. that. Not as great, but you know, whatever. Worth a mention. And then uh, do do the no no the Jessica Simpson thing. That's uh, Jessica Simpson, I Think I'm in Love With You. Pretty weird sample, I think. 
It's the whole, you just put some synth over it and you're good now. <laughs> but it's like, it's a credited sample. Like, it's not like, yeah, you know what I mean? You got like, you didn't do anything to it. No, not you just, really. you just, cha- you just added to the drum beat and then put a little bit of synth on it. And now it's this, now it's your song. Yeah. Why? You ain't gonna make no money off it. It's gonna go right to Cougar. Cougar. <laughs> so you can buy more beers to open with his teeth. Bring him. Hey, Cougar, <clears throat> give me a beer. I know a ma- oh, I know a mashup song that they use one of his songs on. Okay. You're gonna have to look it up because I didn't send it to you because I didn't think about it until now. I the White this. Panda. Let's see if this is correct. I'm pretty sure this is it. Move, pull over, Melon Camp. Trina's pull over. I like that. Mashed up. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Huh. Pretty enjoyable right there. There's also a Jake Owen song called I Was Jack, You Were Diane, but it's not that great and I don't want to play it. So. Okay. No. Like need it's to. a it's a fine country music reference, but it's not like a song that's worth listening to for the sake of this. To switch gears, I want to br- briefly mention this because we feel like it's important. If you are a fan of John Mellencamp, and you're like, I can't find any modern music that sounds like this. I would recommend listening to The War on Drugs. I know Tyler is not a huge fan of The War on Drugs, no. which is okay, but they've got a Heartland Rock sound to it. It's better produced, better vocalized. I like The War on Drugs. They're pretty good. Great plug, everybody. So I was looking at Caleb's, uh, what for his profile on albumoftheyear.org where he rates his albums. And he check did check it out, Master check Crack it Fox. Out. Yeah, Master Crack Fox. If you Google it, it comes up. If you Google Master Crack Fox Album of the Year, it pops up the top 200 albums of the decade, which Caleb reviewed. So you can check that out as well. Thank you. And within that, somebody made a comment that said, This guy likes the melon. <laughs> Do you know what it's referencing, right? What is it? What's it referencing? Well, the, what's funnier to think about is that someone just watched, look at all of that, and they're just like tying it back. And like, this guy likes Melon Camp right here. I can tell by his top. The, he didn't have an album this decade, but I can tell this guy listens to he the Melon. He had multiple albums this decade. He just li- nobody knew them. Nobody cares about him. <laughs> True. This guy listens to the Melon. He looked at the whole list, and he's like, Cougar! Cougar! <laughs> you listen to Cougar? I can tell, friend, you listen to the Melon. Cougar! So why, why was he named... I, I never could figure this out. Why is he John Cougar Mellencamp? When did that happen? His manager, at the beginning of his career, referred to him as Johnny Cougar because he didn't think that the Mellencamp name would sell as a Heartland Rock artist because it was of German descent. Mm. And so he didn't even know that his name on the sleeve of the album was Johnny Cougar until after it had been printed and that his manager essentially said, if you want to have an album... This is what you got. He's like, well, I won't have an album. So he was not a fan. He was not happy about it, but he rolled with it. And so then he can transition from after he got fame, John Cougar Mellencamp, and then eventually to John Mellencamp because his he was popular enough that he didn't have to hide behind the Johnny Cougar name. So there was no, like, he had nothing to do with it. No. That's what's unfortunate. So he had multiple albums as johnny cougar and then john cougar mm-hmm. yep and then later he was john cougar Mellencamp, and then finally had to drop the cougar after like a number of out al- it, it after they realized that he was becoming it's, a it's cougar. not like he was named that on was purpose a hot woman like he didn't want to be no. uh, it's a hot uh, older woman thank you i was getting there but there was an uh, there was a bar in uh in my hometown called cougar's and I went there a handful of times and uh, never a cougar in sight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, John just never came to that bar. You think so? He's either. from Indiana. That's because he, he just se- he secretly owns it from afar. It's his oh. bar. He started it. That's interesting. Back in the day. Sorry, I missed that. Can you <laughs> say it again, please? Whoops. Hey, can, you, hold on. can you bring it closer? It's too late. Cougar! <laughs> Got it. Nailed it, gang. <laughs> I would love for Siri to be like, oh, did you want John Cougar Mellencamp every well, time? Let's just it? give it a go. Here, get ready to say it. All right, all right, all right. Cougar! 
it, it, Sorry, I didn't it wasn't can. I thought you said can, so it's too stupid to do it. Oh, Bummer. Well, uh, I'm going to teach a Google Home where every time that I come home, I say, hey, Google. Kicker! And then and it then shoots it just... a beer at you from the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you catch it. Oh, yeah. I catch it in my teeth. In your teeth. And then clip it open. No, it shouldn't drink. be a beer. It should be a chili dog. A chili Oh, it's both. It's both of them. It's both. One in each hand. <laughs> I suck. I suck the chili dog down, then suck the beer down. Right, and it hurts so good at the end. It, oh. it hurts so good. It definitely hurt. Are we ready to talk about blind melon? I feel like we could talk about John Cougar Melon Camp well, for I wanna, a whole another like thirty well, minutes. I do want to say it's weird this name thing before we get off it because he yeah we looked a, a little bit earlier during the mishap and Jared said that he thought uh huh was the album where he finally put Melon Camp back in his name, which he did. But what's weird is. Is the next album called The Kid Inside? Just says John Cougar again. And That's then, weird. Are you he, sure? Maybe he just can't yeah. decide. He and can't then know the next the album after that was Scarecrow. Well, what's The Kid Inside? I don't know. I mean, it's a Spotify mistake because Spotify sucks. But there probably is a Spotify. Hold on. It's yeah. It's that's off. That's not correct. The Kid Inside came out in eighty three. Eighty three. The same year as but it was recorded. This shows eighty three. Uh huh. Came out in '83. Well, when did the Kid Inside come out? '83. So Kid Inside came out in January 27th, or January 27th, and Uh huh came out in October 23rd. Oh man, one year he decided to do it. Well, Just it was the whole re- year long. It's been bugging him since January. I wanted to. It was recorded in 1977. In which yeah, one? but that doesn't matter. It what? No, it does matter. Which one was the Kid Inside? The Kid Inside was yeah because it was. Um, Released by Main Man Records. It was intended mm. for a 1977 release. Well, it was record, yeah, recorded in 77 and intended to be his follow-up to his 1976 album. But the label declined to release the album and dropped him from the label. Do you think that John Mellencamp is the only person who has two self-titled albums that are self-titled with different names? <laughs> I don't know. He's got a John Cougar and a John Mellencamp that's album. That he has album, a biography too, but the it was album, a second. I think it lied. I don't. Know, is it the biography of Cougar or the biography of Mellencamp? That's, that's a good what question. I don't know. The album "The Kid Inside" has a one out of five star rating on All Music, Ooh. but it does have a cover of "The Man Who Sold the World" by David Bowie on it as a bonus really? track. We ready to transition? Yes. I mean, I love Blues Traveler. <laughs> so, the mountain wins again. So Blind Melon, which we will almost assuredly have much less to say about my, Blind Melon than we have to say about John Cougar Melon Camp. So what would you... They're, they're an odd form of alternative rock. They have elements of psychedelia, Mm-hmm. In their their alternative rock, they have a pretty definitive '90s sound, I would say. And when it comes down to it, Blind Melon is really just one song. Yeah, basically. we just played "Change," which is off of the album Blind Melon, which I will mention. Shockingly, that album is quadruple platinum. What? No, oh, yeah. it's not quadruple platinum. Is Blind Melon? They must have sold them all before you could just listen to the one song you care about. I I don't understand it. How on earth did their self-titled album sell that many records? It sold. I want to see if there's a. I want to get the exact number. So platinum is a million. So it would be f- four million. Four million then. So it's it sold four million records. But this says that multi-platinum is two million plus. So what would that? That Ooh. makes. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. It's it hard sold to say, a, it's really. Blind Melon's self-titled album sold a lot of records is what I'm trying to say. And it's all based off of weird. the song No Rain. And it's weird cuz all music's given it a 4 star. Mhm. Mhm. But the new Rolling Stone album guide gave it a 2 gave star. Gave it a 2 star. 
I also thought what was interesting about the album Blind Melon by Blind Melon was that it came out in 92. Yes. And it peaked at the end of 93 on the Billboard 200. So it wasn't until there, um, it wasn't until the music video for No Rain blew up on MTV that they became popular enough for their album to sell the way that it did. So really without the popularity of their music video and the popularity of No Rain later on after the release of the album, we probably wouldn't have had any Blind Melon at all. Weird, dude. Weird. What? That's just odd. That long? Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, look, it <clears throat> was. Because the single would be released before the album ever got released. The record was was released in September 1992, and the album eventually attained quadruple platinum status, debuting in the Billboard Top 40 on October 9th, 1993, and peaking at number 11 on the Hot 100. So the single came uh, out in June of 93. No rain. June of 93. Yep. Well, that makes sense then. So it wasn't until the single was released, almost a year after the release of the album that it began be, began to start getting any kind of notoriety. It would not have gone quadruple platinum had it not been for the single No Rain. You think Axel had anything to do with it? I don't know. What do you think? I think I so. Think he probably did. Well, they toured with them. They toured well, he sang, he well. sang backing vocals on some of those tracks in that era. Axel did? No. Oh, the, no. no Shane oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoon Shane did. and Hoon. Yeah, Hoon did. Hoon done it. On, uh, he was on... Uh, let's see here the garden and don't cry and he was featured in the music video for don't cry by guns and roses yeah because they're shannon hoon is from indiana as well which i find very interesting and we did this not even on purpose really not at all but he is from lafayette indiana indeed well he's from born and right what he was born in lafayette and raised in dayton raised in dayton indiana died in new orleans louisiana at the very young age of 28 Died of a heart attack due to cocaine abuse. Had a overdose of cocaine. Died in the van. What was interesting is is that they had a lot of like they had noted a lot of drug abuse within the group, particularly with Shannon Hoon, mm-hmm. and his counselor suggested that they did not go on the tour that they were going on, that he died on a week after he had been told not to. Yeah, but he brought a counselor along on the tour. And, and they then dismissed said, nah, sorry. Yeah, they were like, oh, we, well, I don't feel like we're, we're feeling this yeah. whole counselor thing going you on. You want to come keep me sober? Okay, fun. You know, could you just go away? And then when you go away, I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to yeah. go ahead and die. Rough. It was, yeah, pretty rough, I would say. It's What also is interesting about Blind Melon is that they spent nearly a decade trying to re- replace Hoon. <laughs> they stayed together for years, continued to look for a replacement for Hoon, and they could not do it. Well, and so eventually they disbanded, finally found somebody to replace him, came back, he left, and now they're finally making a new album here soon. How many albums do they have? They had two right, with so Hoon. They're going to do 10 years for worth of searching for two albums? So they have three that have him on it, right? No, they have two. They have two. They have Blind Melon from '92, and they have Soup from '95. Nico, he's on Nico. Nico kind of counts. Nico was a like a different release. It wasn't a proper LP. Okay, I'm not sure what it was classified as, but Nico was not a proper LP. I believe it was. No, this is their final album. Oh, it, it does say it's a compilation album, though. Yeah, compilation outtakes and demos. Oh. Yeah, there's a, a telephone message Name left by for Hoon. Hoon's daughter. Yes, there's a telephone message by Hoon on that album. Interesting, but there's also a, a cover album. of uh, Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. the Pusher that we listened to. Pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Oh, you didn't like it? No, because I know the Pusher by Steppenwolf, which is a really good song, and this was not as good. And then I thought when I saw it, I thought, is that a cover of the Steppenwolf song? And I listened mm-hmm. to it, and I was like. I don't think they listened to that song before they did the cover of it. Probably not. So I felt about it. But yeah, they had one album in 2008, so a long, long time. 13 years after the release of Soup, and now they're having another album come out in potentially 2020. So next yeah, year, they just had a new single come out like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I didn't even know it, and then I went to their page to listen to like what we're listening to now. Yeah. 
Any good? It's okay. I didn't know what it was. Like I, I had put it in uh, my like playlist to listen to, and I listened to it, and I was like, wh- when did that come out? That came out uh, in 2019. No, October 31st, Halloween. Oh, my. Spooky. Spooky, spooky. They must have been listening to our podcast for Halloween month. Of course. But um, maybe, yes. I don't know. I, like, I didn't, I put it in the playlist, and I was like, oh, I need to listen to this. And then, like, when I finally got to listen to it, I was like, why am I listening to this? And then I w- realized that it was because it was a new song. I'm like, okay, well, it's not, it's not that like interesting but should it's we, interesting that at least back yeah we can play a little bit yeah sounds like they got axel in there it just doesn't sound as compelling as when you have hoon I mean, well, I love it when you have drums that are way too extensive and upbeat for the rest of the song that you're putting over top of them. Really good. It, that's weird, anyway. Though, how do you take 13 years and you put out a new album? You can't maintain the same sound, and you haven't done anything. So it's not like you've created a new sound. No one's going to listen to 1995 Blind Melon in 2008. No. So what happened there? What, what were you expecting? Right. I mean, it was again. It was a very it had a very 90s sound right, to it. Exactly. So you can't... it's hard to replicate what they had off of one song. Right. Also, I had a question because I, I was looking at the, the fans also like for them. Did you guys get a Jane's Addiction off of Hoon's voice a little bit? Because I was when I was listening to it's it. It's probably I could... more the era than the music, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely like when I was listening Temple to Temple the Dogs on there. Yeah. And let's be real, boys. No, I no, I'm actually asking because when I listened to it, I actually got a little bit of a Jane's Addiction feel off of some of the songs from Blind Melon. But I it was very different kind of like it you could I'm trying to think of an example of one of their songs. Let me play a little bit of uh to- Toes Across the Floor. I can see a little bit of that in there, I guess. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of Mountain Song. That's a good Jane's Addiction song. That is a good Jane's Addiction song. I like Jane says that's the only Jane one. Says. That's a good tune, too. I'm done with Sergio, too. He freaks me out. I think that um, that song kind of reminds me a little bit of the Black Crows. Um, the, uh, uh, what is that song? Not not the Hard to Handle, but the other one. What's that song called? I'm not sure. With the guitar, uh, she talks to angels. I kind of think of Jane says it's a little bit like she talks Uh-oh. to angels. They're a little bit similar in terms of like an alternative rock ballad. That stuff is good, man. But <laughs> on uh, on Nico, yeah, the compilation record, the Japanese edition mm-hmm. features three is a magic number originally released on the Schoolhouse Rock Rocks album. Featuring cover songs of schoolhouse rock songs. Also on that album, we got what? Little Twelve Toes by Chavez. Yes. I know. Great song. And we got uh, No More Kings by Pavement. Yeah. Ween Steven. is on there. Lemonheads. Biz Marquis is on there. Wow. Great stuff on that one. And uh, that is a good one. Better Than Ezra's on there. Ubly. Daniel Johnson recently passed. I bet you wouldn't have mentioned Chavez if I didn't thank you. You mentioned it on me. But you agreed. Go ahead and play that. Three is a magic number. Hey, this was also, by the way, reference in School of Rock. Three is a magic number? Yeah, you don't remember that? The answer is three, and that's a magic number. And he strums out this guitar. Nice. You don't recall that? Sad. Sad day, boys. Takes three legs to make 
It's okay. That's why I played it because I wanted to watch the video. Yeah, that's all right. Chavez did it better. Yeah, I like I like that quite a bit. But again, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I feel as though they are particularly just no rain. And Jared, I know you've got a lot of similar to Jack and Diane to get through in terms of no rain, don't you? I don't think I put any of that stuff in there. Did you not? No, it wasn't that. None of that was really that interesting. I didn't think. No, okay. Unless you did. No chain. Cut that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll play that one. Sorry, you're right. Um, before you get to that, so we've played previously. We played the Christian parody group Apologetics previously, and uh, I found two this week. Actually, three. But go ahead and play No Chain by Apologetics. Okay, if you have your teeth extracted, you can still talk. Listen, I don't understand why people say that I'm not separating church and state. That's the next lyric. <laughs> Is that really? Because I'm more concerned about uh, understand. Understand. So there's also, if we can get back into a little bit of Melon Cave, then we'll come back to Blind Melon. But there's also a couple uh, of apologetic songs that are John Melon Camp, surprisingly enough. They got... Uh, a Pink Houses version called Ain't That a Miracle. And then there's also uh, a one called uh, Phony Old Lie, which is, uh, what is that song called by John Mellencamp here? I don't know what it's called. Just play the YouTube video, we'll find out. Nope. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Well, let's, we'll skip that one. Do the other one. Yes, indeed. Ain't that a miracle? Now we can see, baby. Ain't that a miracle? Totally free. Yeah. If things happen, you believe. Oh, you believe. Oh! Now, when a young man. I think that's good. I think that's good. He can pretty much he nails the cougar a little bit. They have so many songs. We we were finding all these songs the other day. So many songs that we could have gone and and played pretty much something from every good band, bad band. Almost it seems like they have like a bunch of albums. They've been doing this forever. It doesn't take that much skill, honestly, to just basically rip off songs and make religious lyrics behind it I was just with say, very little creativity. You only changed a couple words. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, this This is by no means a Weird Al scenario. Oh, no, no. No, no. No, no. No, no, no. no, no. So um, Shannon Hoon befriended Axl Rose through his sister, who was friends with Axl in high school, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Indiana roots and such. Right. And? This, Mr. Hoon. What? That's just that's just my little anecdote here. He oh. was arrested in 1993 for indecent exposure after he disrobed on stage and urinated on a fan on a show at a show in, in Vancouver. That's what drugs will do. He must have been uh, well, looking at too much Gigi Allen. That's what I was about to say. He thinks he's Gigi. Everyone thinks they're Gigi nowadays. I wish that we nowadays were all Gigi. in 93. You think you're Gigi? Come talk to me when you cover yourself in your own feces. I will. I'm waiting for the day. Are you even waiting for me to do that? Yeah, whoever wants to do it. Oh, I'll be there. Um, I do think it's interesting because to go back to the, the fact that it they took so long to find a new lead singer for Blind Melon after his passing, I think that is a big testament to the the importance of having a lead singer who is a front man 
who really like uh, he was really the the driving force. He of was the Glenn voice Millen. of the group. He was the voice. The of The music group. wasn't as important, yeah. right? He like, was a magnetic personality on top of his interesting vocal performance, and without him, Blind Melon could not exist in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just a very interesting the idea of having to because like. I don't want to say that other members of a band are less important by any means, but if you have, say, a drummer that has to be replaced in a band, it's much easier to replace a drummer and still have a similar sound, if not an identical sound, but if you replace the singer, so much changes about your act. We're going to get into this here soon. I know we are. I know we are. Oh, my. That's why I looked right at you. When I know. I said it. Well, I listened to an interview, so. <laughs> anyway, I think another you, example you, of that would be Allison Chains, where it took them quite a long time to find somebody. Yeah. Basically, all they or same thing with Journey. You know, like they just basically mm-hmm. found somebody who sounded like Steve Perry. Right. Well, like, that's what you have to do, because you got if you don't find someone who sounds similar when their voice is so forward in the songs, you're not going to do it. ACDC made the change, and. A lot of people will be like, ACDC with Ron Johnson sucks. And ACDC with Bon Scott's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a different it's a different sounding voice. They didn't do the same thing. So, yeah. you got to do it. Or you could just give up, which they probably should have done. And not come back. Probably not. 13 years later with a random guy. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? We Didn't we listen to one song off of that album? Uh, We listened to... No, we did not. We it's didn't at the to, bottom, I think. Oh, did it? No. We didn't listen to any of the Blind Melon Sans Hoon. I don't, did they release an album without him? Yes. Oh, no, we talked about that in 2018. 20, 2008. 2008. 2008. 20, 20 2008. 20-odd-8. 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 20-odd
builds the song well. I think Hoon sounds phenomenal, honestly, when it comes down to it. His voice is great on this song. And you would think that more of the album would have been popular because his voice is pretty consistent across the album. And it really is not just down to No Rain. I think that No Rain is mostly popular just because... Like I don't of the video, the and, video and because of just, the song, yeah, just the circumstances. Honestly, yeah. it, just, it wasn't anything necessarily. I think that that song is probably indicative of what the sound of Blind Melon, this the self titled album, sounds like, which is why, honestly, this is another point of why people should listen to full albums and not just songs, which I will beat into heads forever. But if you listen to like Change and Tones of Home, which are two other popular songs, nowhere near anywhere close to No Rain. But they don't sound all that drastically different. No Rain is just one of the more subdued tracks off of that album. It's a good song, though. I actually don't hate it. It's a, I don't know. It's the song's okay for me. I'm not saying I. I just don't. I don't think I like it all that much. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to it when I was relatively young, and music was kind of like the ability to explore music was a new thing to me. You heard it on the radio, probably. Maybe my neighbor, I think, probably showed me it as well or, mm. like, mentioned the lyrics or something at one point, too. So, mm. you know, and it, and I was like, and oh, that's interesting and sounds kind of cool. And then when I heard the song, I was like, okay, there's the song. But when we listen to, for instance, well, we have two more. Yeah. Two more songs we listened to off of that album. I didn't really care for them that much. Yeah, it's a I lot didn't of find sound. them that interesting either. Me either. It's, a lot, it's mushy. The sound is very mushy to me. Sure. It's a lot of sound, and it's like there's a lot, <clears throat> you know, it's like if I have three guitarists, okay, and I put reverb on every guitar, mm-hmm. and then I also put reverb on my drum recordings, and you know, like they're in their own separate room, mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of mushy noise mm-hmm. sitting right here. That's how it kind of felt to me. It just felt kind of mushy and really lots of sound, and you can't really make clear any of them in particular. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I probably, if I had to say, I'd say No Rain is probably better than most of that album to me. Sure. From yeah. Just from the little tidbit that I heard. Right. But I don't know. I mean, when a song's popular, if some of the, if some other songs have something worthwhile, it could, you know, an album can blow up kind of thing, especially in that time. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, when you have all those factors, like the song is good, but when you take into account friendship with Axl Rose, the one of the biggest you know, hard rock vocalist of the nineties mm, opening 80s. for, yeah, late. Yeah. That's well, I late mean, 80s. use your illusion. One and two are very popular as well. Welcome I to jungle so. is one of like the definitive, like rock albums of the, of the eighties, maybe the most definitive almost. Oh, the one, one the, of the most yeah. definitive albums of all time. Correct. Yeah. Realistic. Uh, it's a, it's an excellent album. I, I really like that album, but, um, so you have that friendship, then you have the music video that was very popular that blew up on MTV. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and opening for Guns N' Roses. So, like, when you have a push from somebody like that and then you factor in all that other stuff, I don't know how that album sold as much. Be, like, it's just, the just because exposure. people want, yeah, they I like that song, so let's buy this album. That's just kind of how it worked. Well, but. it was a different time when you didn't have the ability to just buy a song. Like, unless, of course, it was earlier when well, there were still LPs you and you could buy a single. Right, but, but you don't release singles on like a single small compact disc. No. You did, but you didn't sell as well. CDs were not I mean, known for that? having singles. No, right. no. I've, right. I've owned right. some I mean, CD singles before. It's rare. It's very it's, rare. It's a waste of money, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah. it was like $5 to own that or you can own the whole CD for 10 right. So it's like, right. why? There's a few really good, interesting songs. Uh, we discussed... Um, during the uh, bare naked Lady Gaga episode, yeah, the song um, "Another Postcard," mm-hmm. I had that CD single, and then I've had a few others over the years, but not, not really purposefully buying. No, them. it's weird. It's so very I'll, strange, especially when at that like the radio play at that time. Yeah, you can hear that anytime you want to on the radio. Every probably every thirty minutes, they're playing that song. Right. But, I mean, that still is just indicative of how that song, that was what pushed the album. And really, I don't I don't know if people, let's, let's say that, I mean, this is obviously barring the idea of this sound only working in the 90s. Had this been released when, like, LPs and singles were existent, would Blind Melon, the LP, have sold that well? Or would people have just been picking up the single when that was, oh, like, probably just this. I mean, the, uh, probably just the single. Yeah. And we have to remember that in that time, for instance, we talked about this with 
the Beatles and the Stones. There's singles that are non-album releases that just would be released. Right. A song that's only a single, not even off an album. So I definitely in that time, I bet they probably would have just bought the, the single, and that would have been it. Right. But I also wonder if they even knew, because they might have even, <laughs> this is another thought to put out, they might not have even known that No Rain was going to be the hit that it was, because again, they didn't release it until June the next year yeah, after the album true. release. Yeah, if they weird. knew that No Rain was going to be the kind of hit that it was, they would have put that out at the beginning of the time that the album was it's released. It's just weird to choose to do that anyway, because usually by that point, if you've had an album be released, you know the radios are picking up a song that they are running as a single right. on your album, right? and you don't even have to do that. It's probably like a, just kind of one of those slow build songs, obviously. I mean, we have right. that. That's There's a few distinctive examples of that. One of them being the Proclaimer song, uh, I Would Walk 500 Miles, mm-hmm. which came out in, I believe, 1991, okay. some, somewhere around that time. And it came out, no nothing, no radio play, nothing. Mm-hmm. Then it was featured in the movie for Benny and June, mm-hmm. and that's featuring Johnny Depp. And that song within that movie and on the soundtrack as well blew it up and it became a top, you know, 20 hit. Right. All those years later. And then now we have uh, Lizzo who released the song in 2017 um, and now is um, number one on the charts all those years later. And it's just like there are some songs that just it takes a long time a long slow build for people to finally mm-hmm. find it and ready to find it and sure. stuff like that. We we'll so. even have some songs that were like maybe popular when they released, and then a few years later someone finds them and then they blow up in a way they didn't initially, even yep. though they were right. still a single or a popular song. But you know this or that. I do find it though. I I feel like it would probably be hard for me to imagine that people would buy this album and then go tell their friends, "Oh, this album's really good," right? And that's how it sold. I'm not sure that I would. I'm not sure I could see people doing that. No, because for instance, the other two most popular songs from it are just not really even that much like "No Rain." Yeah. Right. So it's like if you bought it for that, which you probably did, I, the likelihood you're probably going to go tell someone you should buy the album is really good is probably not that that high. I would think. Yeah. So, I kind of think of "No Rain" as almost timeless in terms of it sounds like it could have come out in like the '70s, sure, or like the 80s early 90s or it could have come out like in 2005 it, it just got the sound right. of it does but it also sounds like it came out in 1992 it's so weird yeah that it sounds like all of those airs because it's hippie rock mm-hmm. it's you know like and it's alternative rock in the 90s but it's also i mean his voice is so interesting in it that like he probably would have been popular now and then and before as well it's it's really right. i don't know it's really interesting so indeed Sure. So you want to cougar on the other cougar on the other hand? <laughs> he's timeless too. Mother's just selling records everywhere. His mother, his mother is. His mother's selling them out of the back of her car in Seymour. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, you know Bootleg. what? We didn't talk about this. He's got a mural, Bootleg. a mural that they painted in Seymour, uh, Indiana, on a giant uh, brick wall or something like that. And I watched this video on YouTube of them. It was a news thing. And they were like, hey, what do you think about this? And the people were like, it's pretty cool. Like, and then they were like, they should have done it a long time ago. But it was they couldn't get any interesting people. Like people walking up in their sleep pants like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> That's yeah. about what it's and like. Cougar. <laughs> then they threw him a beer. I don't know what happened. I don't know. They put – he's – it's the mirror. Hey, if you want to be him. on this interview, we'll give you a chili dog to suck down right. and talk on it. He's, he better be holding one. He better be holding a chili dog in one hand, and the other hand sticking out like this, and right in his palm is a bottle opener. Oh. Or in his mouth, even, if you want. Right a on bottle his opener teeth. in his mouth. And you just go, pop her off. Here's the Keeger. And you chug her down right there. It's the only place in Seymour you can drink on the street. Beautiful. Beautiful indeed. So sound off. Who's a good band? Who's a bad band? I think that on it has to be John Cougar Mellencamp. He's got to be the winner. Like they only have one hit song. It's a great hit song, but John Cougar Mellencamp has like twenty-two hit songs, right? In all different eras, and I mean, he's not going to have another hit. Any, you no, know, probably, but no, yeah. But if he not toured, unless he does a song with Lil Nas X at some point, right? Oh but if he God, if John if Cougar toured, 
he would have way he'd sell far more tickets than oh, yeah. Blind Melon would sell. Oh yeah, far absolutely, more. far more, absolutely. But again, he is touring. I think he's is he around. touring right he's now? He's around. Yeah, I think he's around. But again, this is up to your taste, though. If you're not into Heartland Rock and you don't care for the sound of John Mellencamp, then like maybe you do just like the psychedelic rock sound of Blind Melon's two albums enough to say, I don't like all 376 albums that John Mellencamp has put out, but I do like the two albums that Blind Melon has put out. But I don't think, I think all three of us probably are going to go with Mellencamp. Yeah, I don't like him, but I want, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I think it just, yeah. It's a, it's an easy easy choice, but with that being said, we're still gonna close out with old no rain. Thank you for listening to another week's edition of Good Band Bad Band. Make sure you like us on Facebook, and make sure you vote in our poll. Tell us who you think is the good band. Next week we're doing Bloodhound James Gang. Check it out. Oh, boy.